Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm welcoming myself as well um, because I haven't been on the podcast scene for a while. I've been just, you know, chilling in the summer, enjoying the weather, although today is not as uh, sunny as a summertime season would suggest. Um, Just chilling today with my little pup, my little schnoodle named Hazel. Um, and we're going to watch, uh, the runaway bride today. Um, and I, I thought I would try something a little bit new. I would try instead of writing down all my thoughts, um, and then reading them off, um, which I kind of, kind of got away from me last time. I went on for a very long time. And by the end of it, I was so exhausted. I just put it all out there in an hour-long episode that can only be described as uninspired. (laughs) So I'm going to record um, some thoughts as I'm watching, and hopefully that'll be a little bit more interesting. Um, I will promise to actually listen to it again uh, over, and uh, because I'm going to listen to it again, I will not go on quite as long because I know you value your time as I value my time. So let's get this thing going. Um, I am looking forward to sharing my thoughts with you and hearing what uh, everybody thinks. Thanks for listening. Okay, so first thought. I was looking at this movie and you know, the I feel like a lot of people have this thought and I I'll, I can only speak for myself but I think I've heard other people say this too be like well a girl that pretty would never be in that kind of job and I've had a lot of thinking over the past little while of like a person's looks don't dictate who they are what kind of um career that they pursue like why shouldn't a girl who looks like Julia Roberts who is very pretty um be a you know run the family hardware store be a she's not a carpenter her last name is carpenter so never mind um but yeah it just it just struck me as you know we put the world puts us into all these different categories and that you know, based on looks or based on personality or based on sexual orientation or uh, ethnicity. They just put us into so many categories. And I thought, you know what, that's an interesting thing to think about, even when they portray people in movies. And obviously, actors and actresses and everything in between are, are chosen for their looks. Um so there's that extra attention to that part of themselves um and and we're always looking for that um but yeah i thought it was an interesting thought that i had there um so i'll keep watching and you keep keep listening all right number two when you've seen a movie before you start to notice things like uh what was I just thinking about? Um, there's this Ike is 
not Ike, the one, the other character, Fisher, who is his, the ex-wife's new husband, um, and and the photo- a photographer at the magazine, he has a, a picture of a cat and he puts it back on the top of the um of of the the dresser or bookshelf and then um and and you just wonder why did they decide to do that like why was it a picture of a cat why wasn't it of i don't know uh, maybe it's going to come together in later in the movie it's just very interesting people's choices to create the world that uh, makes up the movie my sister is in uh, prop styling and I because of that I have uh, more attention that goes to okay so what what are the props and the things that have created this fictional world because sometimes when you watch movies it's really easy to be like these people live in a part of the world where I am not um, instead of really seeing the fiction that goes into making the movie. Um, another point would be um, the ex-wife has, and the editor of the magazine, has a like zen um, sandbox that she like goes in. Um, she like has that little, little rake that she rakes through it. Just very interesting little details that, um, like maybe I noticed before, but didn't really make a big deal of. So that's one of my tips is if you watch a movie, watch it again, because <laughs> you might find that you, you know, notice things that you really like, or you might be like, hmm, that's that's weird, or that's interesting. I never noticed that before. So those are my tips for now. Okay, I'm just going to pop on to um, play a little song for you. Um, I really think it encapsulates this entire movie. It's called, just a minute, I'm getting it, I'm getting it going. Getting it going. Oh, that's not the one. Okay, there sorry i just got my septum pierced and i can't blow my nose so sniffling is required here we go gonna play a little bit of this song for you
so much funk, so much funk, a little funk, a little groove in there. And I might not agree with um, the classification of a female as a man eater, um, but it is a groovy song. And I thought, you know what? Let's share the joy of a groovy song with whoever is listening. I forgot to say who it was by. It was by Daryl and Hall. Oops. Daryl Hall and John Oates. And it's called Man Eater. Just a quick pop on. Um, the name of the hair salon is called Curl Up and Die. D-Y-E. Thought that was worth mentioning. So I'm on the lookout for phrases. My friend uh, Jackie loves phrases that she can quote and just like put into her own personal stash of phrases to work into life to say to people to comment to you know when something's really useful you know she watched a movie called fever pitch oh, I have something in my nose um uh and there was this thing like that someone said and it was like this is my story. Like, back off. This is my story. Stand by. Or <laughs> something like that. And she said it the other day and was like, it's from this movie that I watched. And I I want to try and do a little bit of that myself. Um, when I find a phrase that just, like, really captures the essence of what I'm feeling. I have to say that... Um, uh, we just passed the part where um, Ike is watching. He's watching these videos of her previous three weddings. And they're all... I've, I've seen this movie before. So I know that by the end, he's like, you don't even know yourself. Like, you don't know what you want. Like, you're changing yourself for all these, these different men that you're with and all this stuff. And, um, but you can really see that from the different weddings that, that happen and the, the different styles. Maybe there, there's a lot of time in between or whatever, but yeah, it just, I just don't know. Excuse me. I just don't know if a person would change that much, you know, like in between the different weddings, like. The first wedding was really hippie. The second wedding was like in a church and she was seemed very like communion-esque, like Catholic communion-esque. Um, and then the third one was outside and there was a horse and it was very like almost Victorian. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a little unrealistic and a little bit too gimmicky. You know? Yeah. So there's this part of the movie where, um, what is it? Ike is, you know, making a mess of things and challenges Maggie, um, in front of her first fiance, um, that she never got the tattoo that, that he got the matching rose to. And uh, um, as it turns out that she only got 
a stick on, you know? And I've never been in a relationship. So don't take my advice or, um, you know, if, if you have uh, some more um, relevant experience than me, then, you know, feel free to give me a shout and, you know, set my head straight. Um, but, um, I just was like, whoa, I just don't know how she could have just had a stick on and him not find out or for her to be like, you should get this tattoo too. Because I just got a tattoo, a couple tattoos yesterday. And it's not like a, it's a, like with a rose of that uh, size, it would take a while to get. Um, usually I, I would think like if you got a tattoo for somebody, you might get it together. Um, I'm just seeing some holes here. That's all. Just seeing some holes. Just noticed something about Richard Gere that he's had gray hair for a long time. I mean, I guess maybe it's blondie gray. But then um, my friends and I, we watched the movie last night, um, Dirty Dancing for Havana Nights, which I'm not a huge, huge fan of. I feel like the plot was a little bit thin, but that's an, um, a topic for another another time. There was a guy in that movie who, funnily enough, is also in a movie Ooh. with Mona, uh, with um, Julia Roberts called uh, Mona Lisa Smile. She He plays the boyfriend, long-distance boyfriend slash almost fiancé. Um, and he also has gray hair. And I'm like, he has looked, like, old for so long. Like, because he's had the gray hair for so long. Um, and it just, it, it, it um, uh, made me think, like... When women go gray, you know, it's not, is there, is there such thing as a silver fox for women? And is that usually reserved for like 70, 80 year olds? Um, Whereas like men can be gray earlier and it's fine. Like it, it, maybe it even makes them more attractive or more desirable just kind of a a thought about the dichotomies between um men and women um and between the genders and all of those things and yeah just seeing seeing you see things with new eyes when you consider what are the expectations placed on someone based on the indisputable fact of who they are instead of allowing people to be free, recognizing their beauty in all their stages. And um, yeah, I just was feeling and thinking those things. So I have this theory. Um, I was talking to a friend about it. Um, 
Um, in the movie, um, she read this note in Ike's room, a post-it note, and he was saying, like, how does she get all these guys to propose? She's not even that beautiful. And I would disagree. I think Julia Roberts is very beautiful. Um, but I think part of romance and part of attraction is it's not it's it's a moving thing it's not a like you can look at a still picture of someone an actor who is is you know known for being attractive you look excuse them wow you look at an a, a still picture of them and you're like meh you know, like maybe it's just not a very attractive photo. And there are some attractive actors and actresses and people who, you know, they look great. They look really attractive and all of that. But I'm just saying like there are some people like my examples would be like Benedict Cumberbatch and Matt Smith, um, Stanley Tucci. They're all very um the personality that they exude is so um, charming and um, funny. But sometimes in the pictures, you know, they don't necessarily would, I wouldn't necessarily be like, wow, they're so attractive. But it's their personality that really brings their physical body into, yeah. That's my that's my theory. Question time. Um do you believe in the spark? Like when someone touches you, um like romantically I'm talking about. Like when someone you know, you brush a hand. Um I was watching Jane the Virgin the other day and there was an episode where um what's the mom's name? Zoe, Zomar, she says like that there this one guy is nice, but she doesn't really feel a spark, but she feels it with Rahelio. And um that and you see this one instance where you see Jane and Raphael, who are the two main characters who are having a baby, um, you see the spark in between them. Um, which they they kind of put like a electrical spark for when they when they touch each other when they're holding hands and I just had a question like do you believe that there is there is that physical kind of spark that you know obviously it's you know maybe maybe it fades a little bit it becomes more rote and um ordinary um, but my question, yeah, that would be, my, would be my question. What what do you believe about the spark? Is it real? Is it not? Let me know. Quick pop on to say, um, Ike was talking about how, you know, what a kind of, like what you should say in a proposal. Because she's had all these proposals and they've just been different, um, different kinds of proposals dressed up differently. The one person... Um, put a the ring in a cocoon at a butterfly farm, um, and then this current fiance um, proposed in the seventh inning stretch on the scoreboard. 
And Ike was just saying, you know what, like, if you have to dress it up like that, it doesn't really ring true. And I don't know. I think there is some beauty in being and having it be kind of extravagant and romantic and an event. But there is something simplistic and gorgeous about just being like honest and tender about your proposal too. And obviously I'm coming from this from the single side, the single side. So I don't know what I want in the future. I do know that honesty and humility are the best policies um, with just with relationships, even with just being even with friendship. Being honest, open, communicating um, is always the best best policy. There's this one part of the um, movie where Bob is talking about how he's helping Maggie go through these visualization exercises. So then when, when she gets to the altar that she will be able to walk down the altar and marry him basically because she's had those times of running away before and uh, he's like focus on maggie focus on maggie focus on bob focus on bob and then they're at a diner and the one um friend of maggie's mrs pressman who has like the most outrageous hair um she says, I'm going to go focus on your eggs, Bob. <laughs> She's just like this most deadpan, like backwater kind of character that, that just fills you with joy. I feel like that's a phrase that I can't use a lot of places, but will forever stay in my head and my heart. Okay, people. I'm almost at 30 minutes and I really don't want to go past 30 minutes um, and I'm only halfway through the movie so I'm thinking I might rethink my um, structure partly because it also doesn't allow me to really enjoy the movie so this is all I'm going to do for Runaway Bride. I might add a little bit after I finish the movie um, but uh, yeah I... I'm gonna try to enjoy it, you know, like when you start analyzing things, like I'm an English major, so when you start analyzing things, sometimes you can um, lose your joy for the um, for the moment and for the experience. Um, so, so this is me saying, uh, I might add a little more, I might not. So we'll see. We'll see. So I stopped halfway through. I'm thinking about relationships and vulnerability and being open to opening your heart. And how how do you find that? How do you know that someone is safe to open your heart to? Even if it's just friends. How do you know that it's safe to to be your full self with someone I have some really good friends who I do feel safe with who I feel that I can be my full self with and I'm learning 
to embrace what makes me unique and not try to be like someone else in order to be liked, but to simply be around people who accept me for who I am, you know? And I think that Runaway Bride is a fun movie. It does show some some self-aware, good conversations, like the conversation between Peggy and Maggie about some conflict, some conflict resolution that they do together. Um, yeah, I would say it's a good it's a good watch. It kind of falls into that movie, funny, funny kind of um, two weeks notice vibes sometimes um but overall it's a good movie I'm not I don't really have any structure for this podcast I'm just kind of going going for it I think I'm gonna try and keep them to below or just at a half hour um that seems to be digestible um and I want to thank everyone who is listening and everybody who is not. I just want to thank the world for existing and for allowing me the space and time to explore what having a podcast would be like. So I'll catch you next time on Be Curious, the podcast.